Today is Tuesday, November 29, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Protests in China over extreme COVID lockdowns. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Joining me, as always, to get through that news of the cray, CBN's Billy Hallowell, Trey Gons Phillips. What's up, guys? Mini Monday. How's I mean, it going? As always, so yeah. living the dream. Living <laughs> yes, the dream. Sir. I mean, how would we all get through the week without one another? I know. And all of you, and all of, of the, you, the uh, everyone listening. Let, let's right. think crazy. Do it. Let's yeah, think crazy. Don't put yourself through the stress of thinking about what life would be like without all of us. Okay, <laughs> quieter, well. But not as fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely quieter. Uh, a lot less insanity and news of the cray. But you have us, so you're stuck with us. So there's that. <laughs> All right, we got a lot coming up on the podcast today. Um, actor Kevin Sorbo joining us. He has voiced a animated video, pro-life video, that, that uh, is very controversial, but was making the rounds, so we'll talk to him about that. And uh, also, what do, you, what do you guys, what do you have coming up on the story today? So we're going to be talking about a Supreme Court case uh, and Justice Barrett. Uh, she's facing backlash for being involved in it because she's a Christian. It always seems to go back to, to right. Amy Coney Barrett's faith yes. all the time. Yeah, the litmus test is suddenly real. It's suddenly a thing. So, yeah. All right. Well, looking forward to that and more on the podcast coming up. But first, we're going to get through the news in 90 seconds. And protests against China's strict zero COVID policy and working conditions at an iPhone factory have turned into protests against the communist government and its system of repression. Protesters took to the streets in eight Chinese cities. This after 10 people, at least, died in an apartment fire and protests were claiming that these residents couldn't escape the building because of the government's lockdown policies. Shouting end the dictatorship and no more COVID tests, protesters called for communist Chinese leader Xi Jinping to resign. If you guys remember, they we showed the reports about all the QR codes and the ability to um, travel around China heavily restricted, dependent on these QR codes. And if you pass the um, health screen, you had to do that. You had to get a green before you can go in anywhere. So people are starting to uh, revolt against that. It looks like you can check out CBN.com. Dale Hurd has more on that story over there. And since June's Supreme Court decision overturning Roe versus Wade, government powers in Washington have faced criticism for a lack of interest and action by the FBI in investigating it. Uh, but Christopher Ray is defending his decision, saying that they're taking it very seriously. And speaking of which, guys, Merriam-Webster's word of the year is out. And it is gaslighting. It's up 1,700% in 2022 over the year before. Those are just some of the top headlines. You can check out more over at cbnnews.com. What do you think about that word selection? People keep using it. So, I mean, it's a word that people love. Yeah. And it actually is an interesting term, right? When you're trying to antagonize people, which is basically <laughs> what it is. Um, well, just and, light and gas. Light well, and, and gas. I think it's more than antagonizing. I think it's kind of you're changing the history of what happened. I think the issue here or the interesting thing about this word is when you're using it in a relativistic society, both sides think the other side is gaslighting yeah. when either side could be saying something that's entirely true at any given moment. But you can just dismiss whatever's being said and say, oh, you're just gaslighting me. So, right. You know, well, it might be the word of the year, but I don't know how helpful it is. <laughs> it's not not super helpful, but I find it interesting because the more information gets thrown out on the internet, the more news sources there are, the more blogs, 
If you try to search for anything, it's very difficult to go. You really have to start doing some legwork to actually get the news that was happening five years ago, a year ago, even six months ago to get a sense of what was actually being reported. There's just so much new stuff on a topic. The old stuff's just gone. It's really hard to find. And so I think it's easier to gaslight. So I, I do think it happens more because people know they can get away with it. Well, I yeah. think there's there's that. And then if you look on, if you use Google or whatever search engine that you use, uh, you have to factor in the bias of that search engine, right? Yeah. So Google is going to put the more leftist leaning stuff right up at the top and they're going to claim that that's the factual stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then buried way, way, way down at the bottom is going to be a conservative perspective. Yeah. Well, and you know, media outlets used to do a better job too, of giving you the background. Like here's what happened at the bottom of the story, right? It's like, Hey, here's the update, but here's everything else. And I feel like a lot of outlets have gotten lazy with that. So you're entering a story and you might be entering it halfway through the trajectory of it, but you don't really have everything you need to know to know what that story really is. Yeah. And I remember, yeah. I remember reporting back in the day when I worked at Fox News, Cass Sunstein and all the czars that the Obama administration were bringing in. And there was a guy named Cass Sunstein, who was this behavioral psychologist. And he had mentioned that he thought you should have the right side of things and the left side of things. And I kind of at the time thought, well, that's ridiculous. People can find their own news sources. They can understand, okay, I'm looking at this side of things. But I'm kind of like more on board with that idea now. I, I think we need it as a society because there's so much information and people just don't have the time to go looking around for this stuff. That's one reason I like Freespoke, and I've been using that one a lot. That's a new search engine that has, when you search, it's got here's a left source, a middle source, a right source. You can kind of get a sense of what each side is saying or what the spin is, depending on your your perspective. Yeah, I think that could be helpful. But I also think, is it going to be like the New York Times where it's a majority liberal people and they're writing the conservative perspective, right. which is right. going to be, it's the same thing as when... Uh, yeah. Yes, when a Christian something event of some kind happens, and then you have a, a, a reporter who's never darkened the doors of a church is writing the perspective on it. Well, yeah, and, and one last thing on this, though, I, I do think the benefit of that, and I know a lot of people are like, well, why would I want to know the other side? When you don't understand the other side, it's really hard to fully understand your side and what you believe. And yeah. a lot of times, once you get that, it's like, oh, now I really understand why I think that's bad or wrong. And totally. it gives you more clarity on your own views. Well, and any honest broker who debates or even enters in an argument or just a conversation with somebody on differing views, you should want to represent the other side's argument in the way that they would represent it. You don't want to take the straw man argument the one that's easy to build up and knock down. You don't want to do that because it just weakens your own position and you don't, it doesn't strengthen your ability to argue well on your side of things if you put up a weak argument or an argument no one's making and then tear that one down. So just a few thoughts on that, but that's an interesting story nonetheless. But we're going to move on to our next story and looking at Justice Amy Coney Barrett facing calls for recusal. So what's the case and what's going on here? Yeah, so the case is uh, 301 Creative LLC versus Alanis. So it involves a graphic designer. Her name's Lori Smith. Uh, she wants to expand her business, essentially. She wants to start doing wedding websites. Uh, but she wants to put on her own website a stipulation that she is not, she's a Christian. She wants to put on her website a, a page explaining why she's not going to do same-sex weddings she can have any anybody in the LGBT community, similar to the cake issue, the cake shop issue, 
she'll do anything for them, doesn't have any sort of issue. She's worked with with a host of LGBT identified people in the past, but she doesn't want to do web, wedding websites for LGBT uh, clients in particular uh, because she has a religious opposition to it. Uh, so that's the case. And then to back it up to how Barrett fits into this, uh, she is a, reportedly a member of this Christian group called People of Praise. It's a small conservative parachurch ministry based in Indiana. She's been a part of it for some years. It was a, a talking point during her confirmation hearings in 2020. Now some former members of the group are demanding Barrett recuse herself because of the people of praise and the group, they're conservative, like I said, so they have an opposition to same-sex marriage. Uh, they want her to, to back out of the case uh, because they believe that her being a part of the group and the fact that she's a Christian makes it impossible for her to be an, imp- uh, an impartial judge in this case. Uh, Kevin Connolly, he's one of the ex-members, he told uh, The Guardian that the people of praise, quote, has deeply entrenched anti-gay values that negatively affect the lives of real people, including vulnerable youth. That's just a portion of his statement. Like I said, he's representing a group of people who want her to recuse herself from this case. Yeah. So what what is the history with uh, Barrett here? I mean, I know the people praise thing, but should there be actual concern here or does this seem yeah. not so much? So since the beginning or, or since she was first nominated to the Supreme Court by former President Trump, she's faced all kinds of attacks for her faith. We kind of teased that at the beginning. The Democrats have run with this sort of litmus test. They don't call it that, but that's what their uh, Republican opponents obviously call it, because in 2020, in October of 2020, senators were uh, on the left were just going after Barrett for her faith. Obviously, I think the, the one that bubbles to the surface the most, the, the most infamous comment came from Dianne Feinstein, the Senator from California, uh, she said the dogma lives loudly, loudly within you, uh, and that's of concern. That, of course, became kind of a, a mantra that conservatives kind of latched onto. Uh, but apparently, Feinstein was worried, like these ex people of praise group members are, uh, that Feinstein simply couldn't be objective because she was a Christian. So, what are the uh, legal experts saying here that she should do? I mean, is there any weight behind this? Any validity? behind this recusing? Does she need to do it or is she just going to ignore that. Yeah, so far it seems like there there have been several legal experts who have spoken out to several different news outlets uh, of of all different political backgrounds. Uh, most of them seem pretty aligned that she's not going to she's not going to recuse herself or back out of the case. There's not really any legal precedent that would require her to do so. Uh, Jonathan Eat, uh, Enton, he's a constitutional law professor at Case Western University. Uh, he said that Supreme Court justices have views and are connected with a lot of organizations and a lot of groups in general, and that's not enough for recusal. Uh, so I, I can't anticipate or imagine that she's actually going to back out of this case. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of this stems, guys, from this false idea. We were just talking about misrepresenting people's views. And this all starts with this misconception that somehow standing up for your belief in marriage being a man and a woman in this very, very specific instance is somehow discriminatory and based in hate. Um, and I, it's just, it couldn't be further from the truth. Well, it's interesting that people would fight for what they believe to be equality, right? They would spend all this time fighting for it. And I know not everybody is in this camp, but let's just hypothetically talk about it this way. They would fight for it and they would achieve it and get it. And then tables would turn and suddenly the goal would be to make sure nobody else is entitled to have their right or view be respected, right? This is creating a litmus test and we're consistently doing this. There are, if I'm not mistaken, 
at least one justice, I believe, has presided over a same-sex wedding. Should they also recuse themselves from any case that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you could go down the line. Right. Everybody has personal views. And why is it that we've only chosen these views to pinpoint? It's it's a very, very slippery slope. Yeah, no, I think that highlights the, the reality, which is that Christianity is of particular concern uh, to the mainstream world, the secular world, uh, because you can have, as you said, all of these other things. But when it comes to Christianity, that's the one that's outside uh, of the acceptable line of thinking. Like everything else is okay. We can work with everything else. We can compromise on everything else. But when it comes to Christianity, that's the one that's beyond the pale. That's mm. the one that's unacceptable. We can tolerate everything except for somebody who has Christian faith. And particularly when it comes to issues about sexuality, we've seen that with uh, the handling of kids and sexuality and transgenderism and teaching in public schools. Other views are okay. But the Christian parent who wants to be involved in their kid, the public school, they're they're a problem. Right. But I think we shouldn't be surprised by it as Christians that Christianity sparks this such a reaction. You don't see this reaction for Buddhism or any other religion that's out there. And I think that's precisely because Christianity is the truth. And so people respond a certain way when they're outside of that or living outside of that and they see it, think it sparks a reaction. So... Thanks for bringing that story. Appreciate it. That's going to lead us into our main thing, guys. Kevin Sorbo joining us today to share a new pro-life projects he's part of. And of course, he isn't shy about sharing his opinion on a whole host of other issues. So he sat down with our own Billy Hallowell for today's main thing. Actor Kevin Sorbo is known for starring in movies and TV shows like Hercules and God's Not Dead. But today he talks with us about a new animated video short that he is part of called The Procedure. He explains why he took part in voicing over this project, what it means for him to be a pro-life advocate, and so much more. Here's what Kevin had to say. So Kevin, as always, you are doing a million projects. And the first one I want to talk to you about is The Procedure. It's this animated short that you did the voiceover for. What what attracted you to this uh, short film? Well, I do a lot of pro-life speaking. I mean, initially, uh, when I started, I put my book out about 11 years ago, True Strength, and initially became sort of a, a medical book in a way. I mean, it was semi-autobiographical, but it dealt with... Uh, the strokes I suffered at the end of season five on Hercules with an aneurysm I had up here in my shoulder. And uh, uh, reading the book, people tell I was conservative, people tell I was a Christian. So they said, oh, are you pro-life? I said, very much so. Then that sort of took over in Christian education. So that those things have become bigger than just talking to the medical, medical community now. And uh, it's a road I never thought I'd be going down. It's a door God opened to me that uh, has been a blessing in more ways than one. And um, so... Laura Classen and stuff that she does up there out of Canada, uh, dealing with pro-life. Uh, they approached me and said, look, we got this, uh, we got this event that happened for this, this tech guy. He was, a uh, you know, one of these, uh, sonogram guys. And, um, they sent me a story and I read his story and it made me cry reading at what he had to be forced to witness because he didn't want to be part of this. He, the other guy that usually works with his abortion doctor uh, was late or something. And so he came into work and I said, Hey, you got to go see Dr. So-and-so he went in there not knowing what he's getting himself in for. And he describes exactly what he saw with this baby trying to hide from this doctor with his forceps ripping off, you know, one arm, then a leg, then another, I mean, and watching the baby just, die and the heartbeat stopping uh he became he went into the uh men's locker room there at the hospital threw up and he said i'm done i i can't work like this anymore and um 
It, it's incredibly powerful. And we need every single person in the world, pro-life or pro-choice, to see this, uh, to wake up to the horror of what we've done over the last 50 years. I mean, it's really unbelievable and pathetic that we have we have brainwashed three generations now to say that this is okay. This is like, uh, it's like blowing a nose. It's not a big deal. And we are murdering people. It's murder. And it, it, it just makes me so incensed to think that people are so desensitized to the murder of another human being. It's unbelievable what we're doing. Well, and it's interesting because you mentioned even reading the script for the procedure, you were tearing up. You were because oh, yeah. it's it's a really and, and here's the deal. There are going to be people who say, oh, you know, it's too violent. And, and by the way, it's animated, the procedure. We've covered this over at Faithwire. Um, it's it's animated, which actually adds another layer to the intrigue of it. Um, and when you watch it, you're sucked into it because you and this was my take as I'm watching it. I wanted there to be a different ending, right? The whole time you're rooting for this baby and you're hoping for a different ending than what you know is going to happen, which which emotionally pulls you in. But what would you say to those who would say, oh, it's it's too violent. You shouldn't be showing the violence of it. How would you respond to that? Um, then I laughed at the hypocrisy of them because the same thing happened with Abby Johnson's movie, Unplanned, where they slapped an R rating on it because the abortion is so horrific. You're going, okay. We're trying to prove a point here of what you guys are saying is okay to do to another human being. So I, I think it's, I, I, I love it. I, I love the fact that they're getting out there. I hope we can get millions and millions and millions of more views. And uh, hopefully people wake up. They should have to watch this in uh, junior high, high school, and colleges across America. They should. But well, it would open their eyes to what's the, going on. Even the pro-abortion people know what they're doing is horrible. They know it. Well, and there are a lot of people who you will talk to who are pro-choice, right? But when you start to talk about what goes on in an abortion, they won't talk about it. They can't talk about it. And that always strikes me as very intriguing because if you were really okay with something, you should have no problem talking about it, right? I mean, I I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but to me, that's reality. No, that's reality. You're right. I mean, what is pro-choice? Murder murder, or, or, or to let that baby live. That's the choices they're making. And I always tell people, I say, my body, my choice. I go, no, it's not your body, because if it was your body, you would be dead. It's as simple as that. So um, I, I hope we get more and more traction out of this. I'm always amazed that you look at the people that are are, are for killing babies. When they march on their annual march in D.C., how angry they are, how, how incredibly just loud and, and obnoxious they are. And then the, pro, the pro-life people march. And it is night and day, the difference of what they're doing. They're singing, yeah. they're praying. They're 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 being kind to everybody. What I mean, look what's going on in our world right now, uh, let alone America. I mean, it's just incredible what we're seeing happening around the world. Well, let's talk about America, because you are somebody who is very vocal on issues that are going on today. Obviously, we're talking about one of the biggest ones right now. This issue of abortion, from what we saw in this election, a lot of people were expecting this big red wave, this big red tsunami. And that didn't quite happen. There have been victories for conservatives around the country. But uh, one of the big issues that popped up was abortion in a lot of these exit polls and a lot of people on the left sort of using that to win in the election. What was your reaction to that? Um, really just sad. I mean, I, I think that we've raised generations now in a very to be very ignorant, to be very uneducated to the realities of what's going on in the world right now. How do you fight back to that? Uh, once again, it's got to be through education, but we got to get education out of the hands of the government. I, I honestly think that uh, I don't I don't mind my tax dollars going to education, but I'd rather have it to go to private businesses that run run uh, education now. 
Because this whole thing about tenure, this whole thing about, te- I mean, look what teachers are doing right now. When I was in school, and I'm sure the same for you, I didn't have teachers tell me how to vote. I didn't tell teachers tell me to believe in God or not believe in God. They taught math, they taught science, they taught what government, whatever it was I was taking. I didn't have that even through college. I didn't have that. And now it's everywhere right now. It's starting as low as, as you know, grade school of what were the indoctrination process. You're getting teachers now coming out on, on you know, Twitter and Facebook and, and, gleefully laughing about how they're indoctrinating kids and uh you know praising certain lifestyles and things like that i it's just it's just amazing to me how far this country's gone down and people actually believe like socialism and communism is a better way to go something like 64 percent of 18 to 29 year olds voted majority blue in every single state yeah yeah i mean what does that... that say what does that say there's a lot of work to be done. Um, they need to go to Venezuela. Side. I want them all to take a, a year in Venezuela or even Russia, for that matter, or North Korea or Cuba. I keep telling people nobody's taking boats from Key West to Cuba. Have you guys ever paid attention to that? Nobody's <laughs> rushing the border from America to get down into Mexico. There are reasons for that. You can watch The Procedure featuring Kevin Sorbo on Lore. That's L-O-O-R. Head over to the Lore YouTube page and Facebook page to find the video there. All right, Billy, thanks for that interview there with uh, Kevin Sorbo. Appreciate that. And that leaves us with time for one last thing. All right. So this is Proverbs 110, and I love it because it's the simplest message in the world. And it says, my son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. I mean, that's like (laughs) our entire culture, though, right? Like, Usually when we go wayward, it's because sinful people enticed us and we gave in. Oh, yeah. It's easier said than done. It sounds easy. But I mean, who among us haven't listened to the sinful man and been an idiot? At some point, I mean, I think that Bible verse is literally just the uh, the precursor to Nancy Reagan's "Just say no to drugs, <laughs> just say no to <laughs> sin." Like no. It's, it's yeah. simpler than we than we make it, I think. Yeah, but all right, guys, we made it. We made it through a Tuesday here on the week after a uh, holiday weekend, cruising along. Glad you're here with us, Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We will see you back here tomorrow with more. God bless and. Don't forget to head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. See you tomorrow.